How can we as healthcare practitioners move from just providing disease management to providing true healthcare? That is the question, and this is the answer. Welcome to Reinvent Healthcare, the podcast that helps you grow your practice and expand your skills as a practitioner. I'm Dr. Rita Marie Loscalzo. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Reinvent Healthcare, the podcast for wellness-minded people and professionals who are passionate about transforming our broken healthcare system. I'm Dr. Rita Marie Loscalzo, and I believe that just about every disease and dysfunction can be reversed, eliminated, or prevented. And I'm really dedicated to empowering people to take charge of their lives and to go from disease and dysfunction into living their best life possible. And we do that through taking charge of your habits, taking charge of foods and lifestyle. And you as practitioners get to be the catalyst for people, get to be the guide, the coach for people in making those changes. Because as we know, sometimes it's hard to make those diet and lifestyle changes and we need to go through it, you know, step at a time. So today we're going to talk about one of my favorite herbs. It's hawthorn berry, also known as critagus. And it's a little berry, kind of dark red, and it can be gotten as a tincture. You can get it as a capsule. You can get it as a powder. And you can even get it as the whole berries. A company called Mountain Rose Herbs sells the whole berries. If you are going to recommend people get the whole berries, I recommend that you have them heat up water and infuse them there first because eating them whole without doing that doesn't really extract, and there might even be some downsides. So you basically would take the berries, put them in a cup, pour some hot water on it, and then just let them sit for 15, 20 minutes, assuming it's boiling water. So there's a lot of uses for it. It's really an awesome cardiovascular herb. It's also a detoxification herb. They've been used for centuries, traditional medicine, medicines that are local to the Western culture. And the dates of this goes back thousands of years. So it's being used by lots of cultures. And imagine something that's still around that we still have access to that's been used for a very long time. So the Critagus genus comprises a wide variety of species, and each one has unique characteristics. Various parts are used. I mainly use hawthorn berry when I recommend them to people because the berries are the part that's most used in cardiovascular and liver health. You can also use the flowers and the leaves as well. Um, there's a number of bioactive compounds that contribute to the usefulness of the hawthorn. So we're going to talk about some of those, and then we're going to talk about how you can use it and what kind of conditions it's been found to be useful in. The biggest claim to fame usually for hawthorn berry is in strengthening the heart muscle. It can help with bringing down blood pressure, getting a good strong contraction of the heart. But it's, like I said, also used in liver detoxification protocols. So some of the things in the berries that make them so helpful are flavonoids. And we know flavonoids are compounds that are coming from a lot of different brightly colored foods. And the ones in here, one of them is quercetin. We know about quercetin as being a really potent antihistamine type of a, a flavonoid. And then hypericide that helps to dilate blood vessels. So one of the things with hawthorn is cardiovascular health. So vasodilation 
is really helpful. It also protects the heart from oxidative stress. Another set of compounds are oligomeric rho and those cyanidins. I have a hard time saying some of these long words, but they're basically compounds that contribute to the strengthening of the vessel walls and help to reduce chronic inflammation, which we know chronic inflammation is one of the major causes of cardiovascular disease when the endothelial lining gets inflamed and starts to break down. So these help to strengthen that. Uh, triterpene acids. One of them is your solic acid and it's anti-inflammatory and it helps again to reduce chronic inflammation. You see a theme here? These chemicals that make Hawthorne berry what it is are related to not just vasodilation, not just strengthening the heart muscle, but a lot that are related to inflammation. How does this help in the cardiovascular system? Well, blood pressure. We use hawthorn berry, a lot of people use it in a tincture form, to lower blood pressure, and it relaxes the blood vessels, helps to vasodilate those blood vessels, and that reduces the peripheral resistance which of course reduces the blood pressure and it just makes the heart not have to work so hard. So it strengthens the heart muscle and it helps to make the heart muscle not have to work quite so hard. It improves blood flow. So because the dilation of the vessels, everything can move through more quickly. We know that vasoconstriction, constriction of the vessels, especially in the presence of plaque or in thickened blood can be a problem for heart, right? So we want to have improved blood flow. And so not only does the periphery get better flow when the vessels are dilated, so does the heart muscle itself. I mean, we know that in an ischemic attack, a myocardial infarct, aka heart attack, we're going to see that the heart muscle doesn't get the perfusion, the amount of blood that it's supposed to get. So with Hawthorne, it actually strengthens the contraction and helps that perfusion of the myocardial walls. Antioxidant is a very potent antioxidant. There's a lot of them. We already talked about the proanthocyanidae, and can't even say that word, but those guys, they protect the heart and the blood vessel linings, the endothelial lining from free radical damage, and that reduces the risk of atherosclerosis. We know that atherosclerosis occurs when there's damage to those vessel linings, when there's oxidative stress to the linings, and then the, the linings just can't hold the integrity. They get damaged and then plaques can build up and wedge their way actually into the endothelial lining, and that creates serious, serious problems. We talked a bunch about the anti-inflammatory effects of Crataegus or Hawthorne berry because chronic inflammation is a risk factor, not just for cardiovascular disease, but it's for all the other kinds of diseases, right? We have gastritis, colitis, arthritis, all of these itises are chronic inflammation. So Hawthorne berry can have more wide reaching effects on inflammation in the body and mitigate the risk. So all of these things together, the anti-inflammatory, the vasodilation, the improving of the perfusion and the cardiac muscle strength, all of these things contribute to Hawthorne's claim to fame as a really good cardiotonic type of herb. There's a lot of studies that are out there on this. It's not just something that's been passed on through the ages as folklore, but there's a lot of benefits to it 
that have been documented in meta-analyses. So there was a meta-analyses back in 2008, which went through a bunch of different clinical trials. And it was published in the American Journal of Medicine, where it reviewed 14 clinical trials involving Hawthorne berry preparations. This suggests that Hawthorne extracts were associated with significant improvements in exercise tolerance, reduction of symptoms, you know, chest pain on exertion and those kinds of things that accompany angina, heart failure symptoms, and overall improved heart health. That was a big study. There was another one, the chronic heart failure study back in 2009, a randomized control trial that was published in the European Journal of Heart Failure, found that Hawthorne berry extract, when used in combination with a standard heart failure medication, improves symptoms and quality of life in patients with chronic heart failure. So it's not just something that can be used on its own. It's something that can be used in conjunction with medicine, reducing the amount of medication that's needed, but also increasing the efficacy of those medications. There was another study in 2013 on blood pressure and lipid, and it was in the Journal of Herbal Medicine, and it looked at the effects of Hawthorne on blood pressure and on lipid profiles, reported that Hawthorne supplementation led to significant reductions in both systolic and diastolic blood pressure, as well as improvements in cholesterol levels. So that's a double whammy, double winner. There's a whole bunch more studies. I'll go through a few more, um, and then I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit about the liver and the effects on detoxification. There was a study back in 2016 that looked at the antioxidant and anti-inflammatory effects of Hawthorne Berry, and it was published in the Oxidative Medicine and Cellular Longevity Journal. It looked at antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties of Hawthorne extracts, and it found that Hawthorne had a positive impact on oxidative stress, inflammation, and improving cardiovascular benefits. So we're seeing a lot of this. It's not just the folklore. It's actually in the medical studies in prestigious journals. What are some of the other things that we can get from beneficial from Hawthorne Berry? Well, we talked a little bit about the liver and the liver is where we handle toxins. And when the liver gets damaged by oxidative stress, when the liver has way more toxins to deal with, it doesn't work quite as well, right? So when we can improve the antioxidant potential in the liver, we're going to have improvement of liver function, and we're also going to have improvement of the liver itself, the tissue itself. So we have that. We know that certain herbs, like milk thistle, for example, is a good potent antioxidant for the liver. Hawthorne berry doesn't get as much press for its liver issues, but it really does support the antioxidation of the liver itself, the liver tissue itself. What else does Hawthorne do? Well, the improved heart function is based on being able to improve the contractile force of the heart, which means that it can push more blood out to the tissues and better perfusion of tissues. Blood pressure, because it helps the vessels to vasodilate, it decreases the blood pressure. And there's been plenty of studies and plenty of reports of people taking Hawthorne berry and lowering their blood pressure. People who have arrhythmias can benefit from Hawthorne berry as well. Uh, some studies suggest that it might have antiarrhythmic properties that stabilizes the rhythm of the heart. 
increased blood flow is another claim to fame for Hawthornberry. The flavonoids and the proans, there's that word again, proanthocyanidins in the Hawthornberry, they improve the blood flow and helps the heart to receive adequate oxygen and nutrients. So when we look at, you know, the major cause of death in this country is myocardial infarct, heart attack, right? Where the heart muscle isn't getting enough oxygen. This is going to help to get more oxygen to that ever so important tissue. We talked a lot about the anti-inflammatory effects, the antioxidant effects, and those actually protect the entire cardiovascular system, the blood vessels, the linings, the heart itself from oxidative damage, from inflammation, and that's critical. What do we do? How do we know how to dose it? It gets a little tricky if you're using the whole berries. It's going to depend on the person's size and the severity of their issues. You can get the different forms. So if you get a tincture, it'll usually say and give you a range, 20 to 40 drops. So in someone who's on the smaller side with less severe symptoms, you're going to go on the lower dose. Somebody who's larger or has more severe symptoms, you'll go with the larger dose. That would be tincture capsules, powders, etc. And the same thing with the berries. I'd start low and slow. That's my way of doing things. Take a spoonful of the berries, cover them with boiling water, let them sit and steep, and then just try it. You can try drinking it, or you can take that whole bit with the liquid and the berries themselves and add them to a smoothie and blend it up. And just see, measure somebody's blood pressure before. If they do have angina kind of symptoms, they're having pain, you know, get a sense of where their symptoms are and see if you get improvement on the small doses. And if not, you can gradually increase the dose. You can get standardized Hawthorne berry extracts, and those are what's usually used in the clinical trial. The typical dose is anywhere between 300 and 900 milligrams a day, divided into two or three doses. It's really important to find what the manufacturer of the product is recommended because all of these vary and differ in their potency and their strength. You can get them in capsules, you can get them in tablets, you can get them in liquid tinctures. Tinctures are usually, most of those are in the 20 to 40 drops, but it might be a little bit more depending on what the potency of that tincture is. We generally, you know, you can do teas. You can, like I said before, you can make a hawthorn berry tea by putting the whole berries in there and drinking that. You can take that tea and you can put it in the blender and blend that up. You can also get liquids and do it that way. You know, when you're working with people, you choose the style, the form that works best for them. Some people don't want to deal with anything, but pop a pill. Great. You work with that, right? Make it easier. Personally, I like to take herbs as either tinctures or as a tea or powders that I can put into things. How long? Well, it depends on the severity, right? If somebody has been dealing with hypertension and heart disease for a long time, you may have them on long-term for cardiovascular support. So, you know, just be aware of that as you make recommendations to people. I get this question a lot. Does Hawthorne Berry interfere with medication? So say somebody is on a statin, a blood pressure medication, et cetera. Generally, they're considered safe when they're used as directed, when you're not overdosing it. But I would say before you 
recommend it and the person's on medication. There's some excellent books that are drug nutrient, drug herb interactions. So I would look it up and just make sure whatever drug they're on, because the drugs are constantly changing, right? Go out and do some researching to see if there's any contraindications. Most people don't have side effects from Hawthorne Berry, but some might have some mild side effects like GI issues. Some people who have sensitive guts, they're going to have some GI issues. So you just be aware of it. I'm a big fan of low and slow. I always start with the lowest possible dose I can and then gradually increase it so that we increase people's tolerance, but we also don't throw them into a state where they're like vomiting all over the place because you took too much. I'd say certainly if someone's on medication, especially to manage a physical kind of problem with the heart, you double check it. Look it up and do the due diligence yourself, but always defer to the patient, the client, to work with their doctor to make sure that there aren't any contraindications. Things like beta blockers, calcium channel blockers, antiarrhythmics, they may be some contraindications, so make sure that you check it out. On the other hand, it could be very, very helpful to do that as you can oftentimes ease down with the help of their doctor, the amount of medication that they're taking. For blood pressure, if their blood pressure is really, really high and they're taking high doses of a blood pressure medication, the issue is that when these herbs work so well that they may actually cause the blood pressure to get too low. I've had that happen, not necessarily with Hawthorne, but with other herbs like natokinase and magnesium in combination, where somebody's blood pressure dropped so low that they started to feel faint and pass out. So warn people, if you're on any other medications for your blood pressure, that you watch your blood pressure carefully. You monitor it a couple of times a day. And if it starts to go down, you then talk to the doctor about lowering the dose of your medication. If somebody's on things like anticoagulants, antiplatelet drugs, right? So these are, you got to be careful you don't put somebody into a state of over anticoagulation, right? Bleeding issues. So always check, and again, small amounts, and check in with their doctors when you're doing that. So I recommend that you give this a try. If you're working with people who have some problems with blood pressure, if they have some cardiac risk factors and in that they have a lot of family history or they have certain genetics that predispose them, it's worth a try. Check with their doctors, make sure there's no medication contraindications, and always, 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 whenever you're choosing an herb or a nutrient, always go nice and low and slow. So you just gradually build it up Meanwhile, you're monitoring and watching for signs that they're over-medicated because if they're over-medicated, if they're taking a medication to achieve this result, then what happens is as they start to have an effect from the herb, their levels, cholesterol levels, their blood pressure, et cetera, can go down. So just watch that carefully. I've seen it happen. I always, always, always recommend that people monitor that carefully. I love talking about herbs. If you like this one and you want to hear more about some favorite herbs, send us a note and let us know. We really love, I really love to share with you ways that you can help people to get better, to improve, to get in balance so they don't have to be on some of these medications that can be toxic and they can cause long-term side effects. So for more information about the 
way that we can support you in being the best practitioner you can be, go ahead and check out inemethod.com and look at all the things we do there. Go to drreadamarie.com, check out the blog posts and be dedicated, stay dedicated to helping people the best way you can. And until next time, shine on. Thanks for listening to Reinvent Healthcare. We are part of the movement to change healthcare for the better. If you liked this episode, leave a rating and a review. And for more resources to support you in growing a thriving and fulfilling practice, visit our website at inemethod.com.